the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on am860theanswer.com. And, by the way, I'm your international Dr. Bill. You can reach me 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday right here. And if you have a computer and a headset or speakers, you can go to the website, drbillradiomd.com, and click Listen Live. And also, you can go to the station, am860theanswer.com, and click Listen Live. And you've got me. We also uh, archive the shows. And, by the way, Bill, uh, last week's guest wanted to know if you had archived that show yet. So, if you haven't, get on the stick, homie. Oh, wow, way to call me out in front of everybody. <laughs> right on the air, too. <laughs> so we were talking before the show, and I have a question for all of you guys. Why is it that the, I don't know how this is up north, but in the south, if there's a sprinkler head, a lawnmower guy will run it over. Why is that? Somebody answer that for me. At any rate, that's my main problem today. I fixed all the sprinkler heads. I'm sure you'll be happy to know that. We are at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. This is Talk Radio Interactive, and I've got a special guest this morning. His name is Matthew Stryker, S-T-R-Y-K-E-R. Matthew is a farm pharmaceutical doctor, and he is at, I believe, is it Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, and he's a professor there. And I think he also has a free clinic that he has started. Uh, so we'll welcome him to the show. We're going to talk about pharmacy benefits and the rising cost of drugs and what's driving this. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. I see your picture here. Oh, my God, you're a handsome young man. <laughs> so uh, so what's going on? You're you're up at Albany Medical Center in, in uh, Albany, New York, and... You're doing yeah, good so, work up there? Exactly. So I work um, for the, the local school of pharmacy, and part of uh, the opportunities that are available being in academia is that uh, I practice at a local clinic, um, and my background and training is in endocrine medicine, so that's kind of where I'm nested in. Um, and one of the services that I offer the practice is essentially a cardiovascular risk reduction service with a focus on cholesterol management. So uh, for those folks who don't know, endocrinology is the study of the endocrine glands, the glands that secrete insulin and have to do with diabetes, the thyroid gland, which has to do with your thyroid hormones, and adrenal glands, which 
secrete cortisone and uh, so there's a bunch of glands that are endocrine glands they are glands that actually secrete into the blood system that includes our sex hormones and uh, things that can control cholesterol and and so on and so forth so that's Mm -hmm. your focus correct 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 and so you're you're offering your services to the uh, not only to the university, but you have a free clinic. Did I hear from? Correct. Next? So, so being nested within the clinic, um, essentially part of the mutual agreement between uh, the school of pharmacy and the clinic itself is that um, they'll accept the pharmacy students that I precept on rotation to to gain that hands-on experience. And then in return to doing that, uh, I'll offer, you know, multiple services to the practice. And um, I'm, again, my main focus being the, uh, the cholesterol management of the cardiovascular risk reduction. So in, in, in reducing the cholesterol, you're actually helping to reduce the, the risk of heart attacks and strokes and peripheral vascular disease, blocked arteries. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Now, uh, are you offering... Uh, Primarily statins. Or are you are you also dealing with the monoclonal antibodies, or what? What, do you, what so, all are you are you working with? Yeah, good question. So probably see all of the above. So um, the majority of patients that get referred to me, they tend to be a little bit more complex in terms of their high risk patient population because you know again working at an endocrine clinic, we see a lot of patients with diabetes and other. Um, high-risk diseases such as high blood pressure, in addition to high cholesterol, and perhaps patients who've already had a heart attack. So the bulk of patients that are referred to me are usually falling into one of two buckets. Um, They're they're already on a statins or, you know, first-line gold standard of care medicine for ideally preventing um, future events um, and need additional cholesterol lowering. Or the other bucket is for patients that would absolutely be candidates for medications such as statins, have tried them previously and just have been intolerant to multiple agents. And I'd probably say the bulk of patients uh, being referred to myself at the at the practice are, are the latter, the patients who are statin intolerant. So um, as far as options and what we utilize, uh, more times than not, we are using the monoclonals, which would be uh, trade names, Proluent and Repatha. Um, but depending on where the patient's cholesterol is at, um, we have other agents like uh, generic Zetia or Zetamide um, that we consider using as well. Um, but they, again, they tend to be a little bit more involved above and beyond just being a statin candidate, but definitely something I'm assessing. Now, folks, the uh, the statin drugs include simvastatin and atorvastatin and rosuvastatin and and uh, those of you who are on a statin, you know what those are. The the main problem we see with the statin drugs are the uh, or is the inflammation of the muscles. And I'm one of those who cannot tolerate statins. I've tried and tried. And um, at one point, I was to the to where I could not even stand up. My thigh muscles were so uh, affected by the statins. And then when you cannot tolerate a statin because of muscle problems that it can cause. Then we go to the monoclonal antibodies, and we've talked about those in the past on the show. The monoclonal antibodies are antibodies that have specific pathway purposes, and they're antibodies that are genetically engineered by human beings to work on specific pathways and disease processes. So uh, these are higher-cost drugs. They're 
uh, more specific for cholesterol management, and they're uh, very effective. But uh, of course, there's there's no free lunch. There's uh, risk benefit ratios to all of these medications, including the monoclonal antibodies. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, nothing's without risk. Uh, I will say thus far, based on what we know um, with these two medications, they appear to be very well-tolerated medications, including in patients that are statin intolerant. Um, But as far as the amount of safety data that we have, it's very small compared to the amount of safety data that we have with statin medications. But again, generally speaking, thus far, the medications look relatively clean, um, but time will help tease out um, any additional potential side effects. But uh, we're hopeful thus far. Yeah, and uh, they, they've been very effective in our practice. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of people on them. As as you know, they're they're costly, and it's hard to get the, mm-hmm. the plans to agree to pay for it. But uh, it, it does a very good job and with very few side effects. Patients are happy with, with the results. The problem with the statins is is uh, not only the muscle uh, inflammation, but also the bad press it's getting, which is really too too too. It's unfortunate because it's mm-hmm. such a wonderful drug. You know, it, I don't think there's been anything other than ACE inhibitors and ARBs and statins that have been shown to really prolong life. All other things being equal. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, they do get a decent amount of bad press between uh, diabetes to affecting, you know, um, uh, the way we think, our cognition, if you will. Um, Again, nothing, you know, risk versus benefit. But I think that the best thing, you know, a patient can do if they're reading on blogs about, you know, risk of diabetes is to, to talk with somebody who's educated in this area and, and, you know, assess you know, what the data actually are, because again, everything comes with its risks. You take an over-the-counter medication without, you know, thinking twice, but if you look at the laundry list of side effects, you know, you might be scared of taking taking that medication that doesn't have mortality benefit, but a statin medication, which can reduce future heart attacks, et cetera, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, we really hone in on those side effects as patients. Um, so I think, again, talking to somebody who's informed to put things into perspective would be um, would be like the best thing that I would uh, encourage patients to do. Yeah, I think part of the problem, too, is that people feel helpless because of mm-hmm. the complexity mm-hmm. of healthcare and, and sure. pharmaceuticals, and they want to have some active part in their healthcare. And yeah. unfortunately, uh, the the area they should be focusing on, which is the the financial side of it, uh, is is so overwhelming that they want to focus on the medication side of it. And uh, that's tough to do. You know, I have a lot of patients come in and they say, Doc, I just don't want to take the statins. There's too many side effects. And I say, where did you read this? Oh, well, on the Internet. And I say, well, here's your mm-hmm. first prescription. Don't turn on the Internet. Don't, re- don't read that yeah. stuff because you're going to get upset. And 99% of it is just not true. Uh, the mm-hmm. major side effects of the statins are going to be muscle problems, and we'll know that right away, and we'll stop it, or liver problems, and we're going to check your liver enzymes. And other than that, there is no evidence that they really do much of anything other than make you live longer. Exactly. And, you know, I think important to recognize along those same lines is if a patient is having muscle-related symptoms, we have 
you know, multiple alternatives within the same class that we can consider, and we have different um, ways that we can uh, still treat the high cholesterol with different agents or different regimens as well. So, um, you know, don't completely give up on the class as a whole. If you do experience the side effects, there are alternatives. Um, but, yeah, I think like you had said, just, you know, being careful what you read on the Internet. And I'm all for making informed decisions and doing your own investigation. But um, I'd say, you know, run it by the, your health care provider uh, before making absolutely. any final decisions. Yeah, you have you have to because there's just no way you can, as a layman, you can know all of this. It, oh, it's just too correct, complex. Yeah. And even for doctors, there's and pharmacists, it's a constant, ongoing struggle to keep up with all of the new medications, uh, and also the the uh, the application, the implementation, and when to do what. You know, I think we still get the most bang for the buck with treating blood pressure and cholesterol in terms of healthcare. Mm-hmm preventative health care and decreasing risk for major cardiovascular events. So uh, that's extremely important for people to understand that you're going to spend the least amount of money for the most amount of benefit if you get the blood pressure and the cholesterol medicines that your doctors prescribe and take them as you are instructed to. I mean, that's just very simple. Absolutely. And you probably see that too in your practice. Yes, I mean, insurance can be a very, um, you know, challenging situation for patients, especially if they were on therapy, um, perhaps read some of the side effects after starting therapy and, and, you know, follow up with the pharmacy shows that um, patients have, you know, uh, not picking up their statin or whichever medication. Um, But again, adherence is the name of the game, game and if there are concerns, you know, I would say to a patient before stopping therapy, you know, speak with your pharmacist or speak with your um, healthcare provider to, to discuss the, the concerns that you have. And hopefully then putting things in perspective, risk versus benefit will um, shed some new light and ideally um, result in patients continuing on therapy. But yeah, now it's the prevention for the pound of cure. Absolutely. And now we were uh, scheduled, I think, to talk about the uh, the healthcare, uh, the pharmacy benefits, and the the cost of pharmaceuticals, and what's driving this, and the involvement of uh, the uh, the pharmacy management companies, the pharmacy benefit management companies, and you have a special interest in this, I know. The pharmacy benefit managers are third-party administrators of prescription drugs uh, for commercial health plans like uh, United Healthcare and Medicare Part D and federal employee health benefit program, state government employee program. So uh, these these companies, these pharmacy benefit management companies, have been able to insinuate themselves into the uh, the healthcare food chain, so to speak, and. Uh, there's some real, real controversy about their involvement, but uh, you've been looking at this, Matthew. Do you go by Matthew or Matt? Um, Matthew is fine. Matthew is fine. Okay, Matthew. So, give us uh, your 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 thumbnail, and we'll get started talking sure. about this. Yeah. So again, uh, back to the service, the uh, cardiovascular risk reduction service. Um, a soup to nuts approach with patients and providers, and as the pharmacist. Um, Myself and my uh, colleague that I closely work with, we do 
um, all the insurance approvals or the prior authorizations that patients may be familiar with for other medications. Um, so similar to the medical assistant, uh, we handle more of the specialty medications like for path and preluent um, uh, and work to get those approvals for patients. So these are the things that patients you know, are not seen on their end because, you know, these are office-related responsibilities. But just to just get a glimpse, prior authorization is essentially a form um, presented to the office by the insurance company or the pharmacy benefit manager, the middleman, like you had said, who's helping to facilitate the, the prescriptions for the insurance plan. And essentially, it's a set of questions and in order to get the medication approved for the patient, you essentially have to, quote, unquote, pass the test, if you will. You have to answer every question correctly um, based on the plan's criteria. And if one question is not answered correctly, that likely will result in a denial. And then there's steps that, you know, one can pursue after that um, to, to get the approval. But the thing that was very uh shocking that I stumbled uh, upon recently related to getting the approval for um, for these medications. So as you had said earlier on, the concern with repatent priorant is cost. So their specialty medications are very targeted, relatively clean, effective. They have outcomes data, which is the holy grail, but cost is absolutely a consideration. And within the past year, both manufacturers of the medications, Regeneron and Amgen, have uh, decreased the list price, which you can think of as uh, the sticker price of a car, if you will, um, for the medications by about 60%. So that's pretty significant when we talk about cost being a major barrier. Um, so we've worked to, to decrease the out-of-pocket cost for the patients uh, by lowering the cost of the medication. So as a result, the both medications have new codes associated with them that are and the new codes are associated with the lower cost. The old codes and the higher costs are still on the market currently. Um, so essentially both medications have a old code higher cost and a new code lower cost. Now when so you say going, code, what do you mean by code? Good question. So um, code, layman's term, but national drug code. So each medication, um, strength, package size has a specific unique set of identifiers, kind of like a UPC, if you will, for a food product that identifies that specific medication, you know, the pack size, how many pens are in a given pack. Um, so same medication, same strength, same everything, um, just 60%. Uh, less the list price, and that has a new code associated with it, or again, like a UPC, if you will. Mm -hmm. And go, so going through the prior authorization process, what I stumbled upon for one of the pharmacy benefit managers was a question. And the question wasn't worded how I'm about to explain it, but essentially, implicitly, this is what they were getting at. Uh, so you are seeking approval for the cheaper, more affordable code for um, Repatha. Our preferred code is the more expensive code. Are you okay if we proceed with the more expensive code for this patient? And you have a yes or a no. But again, it was implicit. It didn't ex explicitly say, 
you are going with the cheaper, more affordable option for the patient. It said um, you are going for the this code one two three four five six. Our preferred code is seven eight nine ten. And unless they're you know pretty well versed in terms of you know what that means, you might just elect to go for the uh, the, the preferred code for the plan, not recognizing that it's the more expensive code. Now I can't tell you you know, definitively why that may be, but presumably, you know, the plan seeking their best interest, which would be, you know, financial gain. So I was pretty shocked when I saw that. And it's not just for one patient. I've seen it for a couple of patients. And again, kind of surprised when we talk about cost being a major barrier after we've gotten patient buy-in to go forward with this medication, because both medications are injectable medications, which can be a tough sell. So here we've eliminated the barrier for injections. Patients are willing to try the medication, and now a barrier that was just knocked down by pharma is being essentially erected by the the pharmacy benefit managers, and that would be the cost element of it. Now, we're talking with uh, Matthew Stryker this morning, and we're talking about pharmacy benefit management and the cost of some of the newer medications, in particular the monoclonal antibodies, which are genetically engineered, and the two that are being used for the treatment of high cholesterol are, uh, are uh, preluent and, um, oh God, Repatha. Yep. And the, these are uh, two drugs that were very costly to bring to market, uh, probably a billion dollars to get these to market after you have all of your uh, research and development and trials and going to court and going to the FDA. So these are expensive drugs to produce, but they have brought the price down by 60%. However, some of the pharmacy benefit managers are trying to steer doctors into opting for a higher price drug under an older code, if I'm understanding this correctly. Correct, exactly. And that's that's because they presumably are getting a kickback from the pharmaceutical company to go with the higher price, so they get a little bit back, and the pharmaceutical company gets a little bit more, and the patient pays more than they would otherwise. Is that pretty um, much what it is? Per- Pretty much the only the only element I, I might modify as far as like kickbacks from pharma, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I, I think if the the PBM uh, essentially elects for the higher price medication, um, they will be making more. But I don't think it would be from pharma per se where they would be getting um, that additional pocketed amount had they had they gone with the, the cheaper medication. But so I don't know that element. Um, of it, but everything else was correct. Part of the problem is that there's not transparency here, mm-hmm. and these are considered trade secrets and uh, mm-hmm. have been tried in the courts. And of course, in our free enterprise system, the uh, the freedom of, of business is uh, protected almost as much as our personal freedoms are protected, and and for good reason. However, when we're talking about people not being able to afford basic health care then we have to step back and say, now, wait a minute, how far do we go with this uh, uh, personal and business uh, freedom and, and uh, the, this lack of transparency? Sure. So the, the pharmacy benefit management companies will say, okay, 
you opt for the higher paying medication doctor and we're going to buy the lower paying one, the lower cost one, and we'll keep the difference. And, and so this is uh, questionably ethics or unethical, I should say. And the third party administrators of these pharmacy plans are not actually not necessarily a part of the the corporation. And even if they are, that's that says something about these big corporations like United Healthcare. But uh, the profit motive is it's good. There's nothing wrong with it. However, how do we take care of ourselves in the face of such expensive medications that seem to be uh, so important for so many of us? How do we do that? Well, that's what we're talking with you about, Matthew. By the way, I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Matthew, I think we need, and I said this a few years ago, we need a price transparency portal on the Internet, and we need to have uh, our state and federal legislators make it mandatory that that all cost health care costs be uh, be transparent and be open to the public so that doctors self-pay rates, hospital self-pay rates, uh, pharmaceutical costs, both wholesale and retail, uh, so that we can know better uh, and, and be better informed as shoppers uh, when it comes to our health care. Most people don't know, and I don't know if you know this or not, Matthew, that you can ask for a self-pay rate at, at most hospitals and they'll give it to you. But if you don't ask, you won't get it. So yeah, so, so I was not aware of that. From a, from a medication standpoint, um, at your local pharmacies, you can ask what the cash price of the medication would be if you're paying out of pocket as well. Um, so, so, so similar idea, but I was not aware of the, uh, the hospital self-pay. Yes, and um, actually it's fairly cheap. You know, people say, well, the United States has the most expensive health care system in the world. I disagree with that. I think that if you are uninsured and you ask for self-pay rates, you're going to be shocked at how low they really are because most of the hospitals will use Medicare rates, and Medicare rates are really not that expensive. I mean, they're, uh, you know, I have a lot of Canadian patients. We have our CanCare clinic, and we see Canadians all year long, primarily in the winter, and they have travel insurance, and sometimes their travel insurance deductibles are so high that they have to pay out of pocket and sometimes they're uninsured and they need to go to the hospital and they say, well, we hear these stories about having to pay a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar hospital bill for a three day stay. And I say, no, we get we get uh, self pay rates. I'll call the 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 chief financial officer right now and it'd probably be two or three thousand dollars for your pneumonia stay. They're like, you're kidding me. No, no, I'm not. So I think it's very important for people to make sure that they ask not only their pharmacist if there's a cheaper mm-hmm. alternative, but also their healthcare providers, whether it's the hospital, the emergency room, or your doctor, do you have a self-pay rate and what is it? And I think that if we had a price transparency portal, uh, we would see doctors uh, and hospital costs come down as sure. people picked who they wanted to see based in part on on the on the charges, and we have self-pay rates in our office, Matthew, and it's a sure, tremendous yeah. it's a tremendous benefit to a lot of people. Now, I got to tell you this story. I had a guy come in, a Canadian. We get a lot of Canadians. They come in and they don't want to stand in line in Canada for six to 12, 18 months for health care, and so and sometimes it's it's life threatening 
and they need to be seen. So we had a guy come in, Matthew, and he had a lump in his in his arm right underneath his, uh, just past his his uh, armpit, uh, kind of below your, the the uh, biceps muscle, and and I said, well, it looks like a, a fibrolipoma, which is a benign tumor, and uh, so I took it out, and it, it looked like a fibrolipoma. I sent it to the pathologist. Well, it was a lymphoma, a B cell cancer. Wow of the blood system. And so this guy would have waited six months to a year in Canada. And I would be willing to bet that we saved his life. And uh, so I think that we have to, and he was surprised at how little we, we charged him for that because I don't think his health insurance plan his travel insurance would pay for that as an acute uh, crisis. Uh, they would have said, go home and get it taken out. So I, I think there's a, a real benefit to asking uh, your doctor, your hospital, your pharmacist, what is the self-pay rate and can I get it cheaper? And, you know, Matthew, a lot of people don't know that you you can pay less in cash a lot of times for a prescription than the copay sure. is with your insurance yeah. program. Yeah, that's, a, that's another beast for sure. Um, it's, I, same thing with medications as well. Some, sometimes, not often, but um, if a medication is generic or maybe even brand still, you might be able to um, find a, a more affordable option without insurance or for that same medication. But I think, you know, like you said, transparency is key. Um, in, in addition to asking your healthcare providers, your pharmacists, et cetera, um, hopefully we're trending in the right direction as far as that goes. Um, I know, like, personally, I have seen some commercials on TV recently where some of the um, larger pharmaceutical companies are actually at the end of their ad um, uh, stating what the price of their medication is. Um, so that's kind of, you know, talking about transparency. I think, you know, it's not required yet, but it, it looks like we're going in that, that direction. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with that in the near future. And, and, I think and then that... one other. Oh, God. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say so. Um, one other piece around the cost uh, element is that, you know, above and beyond insurances, um, I think in terms of knowing what other resources are available for patients to help um, with the cost of medications and find, you know, financially sustainable option, um, you know, what is available for pay or what, you know, what are the options? So above and beyond insurance, you know, uh, coupons that uh, drug companies have for typically brand name medication, not the generic medication, um, is one option. There's always um, supplemental insurance options for uh, especially patients with Medicare Part D. Um, presumably in most states, I know in, in New York we have some, in New Jersey there's others that I'd venture to guess, like AARP would be one. Um, and then also, again, back to brand name medications, if it's, there's no um, generic alternative for patients and after insurance, it's still relatively expensive. A lot of times, um, there'll be either manufacturer or independent organizations that can provide the medication free of charge if patients qualify. And oftentimes, the biggest thing to, um, with those programs is based on income. But I would encourage patients to check out those programs if cost is a barrier because they may think that the thresholds for income are like Medicaid thresholds, 
But oftentimes you may be surprised in that they're about four or five hundred percent the poverty line, which for a household size of two is I think it's around eighty four thousand. Um, so again, just talking about resources available for patients, coupons, supplemental insurance plans, good RX, exactly good RX, good RX is another one. Now, when we come back, we're going to grab a cup of Joe, but when we come back, I'll tell you about GoodRx, and we'll discuss that for a minute as well. Uh, Matthew, hang on, bud. I'm going to grab my coffee, and we'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. Tomorrow is election day in the Philippines, and it's a big deal for President Rodrigo Duterte, even though he's not on the ballot. There are over 43,000 candidates vying for about 18,000 congressional and local posts. But the crucial race is for 12 seats in the 24-member Senate, which Duterte wants to fill with allies to bolster his legislative agenda. Among other things, that includes the return of the death penalty and revising the country's constitution primarily to allow a shift to a federal form of government. Peggy Lipton, the star of the groundbreaking 1960s TV show The Mod Squad and the 1990s program Twin Peaks, has died of cancer. She was 72 years old. Lipton's daughters, Rashida and Kadita Jones, say in a statement, Lipton died yesterday surrounded by her family. And a Myanmar National Airlines plane has made an emergency landing today. Everybody's fine. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 384 Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Okay, here's the deal. You missed your chance to lock in a mortgage with a low rate, right? Wrong. Whether you're looking to lower your monthly payment or thinking of getting cash out of your home, mortgage rates are still low and you still have time to get the loan you want before rates go back up. But the clock's ticking. In a cash call mortgage, there's no better time to take advantage than right now. Call us at 844-567-CASH. Speak with one of our refinance specialists today and you may be able to lock in a low rate before it's gone. We can close your loan for a flat $995 origination fee and pay your closing costs. We'll even get the process started without the upfront deposit other lenders still charge. That's 844-567-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. Inback Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. And MLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. And details on closing costs paid for loans above $250,000. do not let these low rates pass you by. Dial 844-567-CASH. That's 844-567-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery. And it happens in our own communities. Victims can be any gender, age, or race. 
Join the Department of Homeland Security's Blue Campaign to learn how to recognize and report this heinous crime. Visit our website at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. That's www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. Your second look could be their second chance. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today, partly sunny with a breezy afternoon. High 88. A shower or thunderstorm around for the evening, otherwise partly cloudy for tonight with a low 76. Humid tomorrow with clouds and sun. Couple of showers and a thunderstorm. High 85 and a low 75. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer. Got a bad case of loving you, baby. Doctor, doctor, give me a pill. Fix me. And we're talking with Dr. Matthew Stryker this morning about medications and the cost of medications and what's driving the cost of medications up and down, by the way. And we were talking before the break about GoodRx, which is a website you can go to, and you can Google that, GoodRx.com, and they actually will list the prices of medications that you're interested in in your area at various pharmacies and you'd be surprised at the uh, the difference in prices i mean it can be as much as 80 percent from one pharmacy to another i don't know if you've had that experience in your area matthew we do um oftentimes for generic medications if a patient does not have insurance or um if it seems a little bit high out-of-pocket cost with the patient's insurance um, we, we do um, play around with GoodRx, and it's nice because it's, you know, it's a one-stop shop, like you had said, in terms of uh, kind of uh, uh, bargain hunting, if you will, across different pharmacies. Um, so it's kind of like the Amazon, if you will, for uh, uh, medications. And, you know, part of the problem, too, is uh, is that there has been, at least until recently, a lot of the state governments now are, are saying, and I think the federal government passed a law saying that uh, for the biologics, you cannot have a patent per se. You cannot have a class patent so that uh, if you develop a monoclonal antibody, say for uh, statins uh, replacement and for cholesterol, that you cannot claim that you have that market all to yourself, that if someone else develops another monoclonal antibody that's similar, then you you can't fight them in court. And you know, a good example of this is I started on the Arunumab, which is Amavig, and this is a monoclonal antibody for migraine headaches, which is a godsend. I've been suffering with migraines most of my adult life. And there are now, I think, three or four um, monoclonal antibodies out for migraine headaches. Emgality, Ajovi, and Amavig, there's three that I know of. And these are all basically in the same class. They basically do the same thing. They block a specific uh, chemical that actually uh, precipitates the, 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 the migraine headache by irritating the lining around the brain. And so the cost of these drugs are coming down uh, precipitously, precipitously, which is a good thing. Uh, I think that they have reduced the Amavig by 30 or 40% just in the past year. So we need more of that. 
We need uh, to make sure that the government is not allowing these companies to use their 17-year patent uh, claims to keep the price of these drugs up for, for indefinite periods of time. I don't know what your feelings are on that, but that that's how I feel about it. Yeah, so I mean, as far as the the laws around the patent, that um, you know, full disclosure, that's not my expertise. Or um, uh, I don't have a, a good grasp on that. But I, you know, to your point, though, I think you know, competition is always healthy, and hopefully, who does it ultimately benefit is the patient. Um, you know, back to my example, we have. Two, two companies that decrease the, the cost of the medication, and unfortunately, we're seeing some issues around that. But yeah, I agree. I think you know competition is always great if it can drive the, the cost of the medications down, um, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think, too, that we have to look at the pharmacy benefit managers and uh, see if they are doing uh, bad things that they're breaking the law or being unethical. Uh, and in October, Express Scripts began reviewing pharmacy programs run by Abivi and Teva uh, regarding potential use of tactics that can allow drug makers to work around reimbursement restrictions from Express Scripts and other insurers. And uh, I think that Teva got into trouble uh, over this. I know there was some bad press. Teva is a pharmaceutical company out of originally out of Israel. I'm sure that they're all over the world now and they deal not only in, in, uh, generics, but I think they have a few of their own patent and drugs. However, I, th I think it's important that we look at what these folks are doing and make sure that they are uh, following the law as prescribed in 2004, the federal trade commission found that uh, pharmacy benefit management operated in, in the marketplace with vigorous competition. And as of 2013, a majority of the large managed uh, prescription drug companies' expenditures uh, were conducted, and there were about 60 PBMs, but just a few big ones. Uh, CVS is one, United Healthcare is another. Mm -hmm. And we need to know what these folks are up to. Express Scripts, CVS, OptumRx, United Healthcare, because that's about 78% of the market. That's 180 million people. And if they're not being ethical or if the companies they're dealing with, the pharmaceutical companies, are end running their attempts to uh, contain costs, then we need to know that and we need to hold these folks accountable. It's it, our it, money. It, it, absolutely. And I, you know, I think if we talk about you know the the players in the game, if you will, around healthcare. I don't think, from a patient perspective, that PBMs are often, you know, quickly come to mind. So we typically think of, you know, the healthcare provider, the patient, big pharma, as in the pharmacies as well, some of the the players in the medication realm. But oftentimes we, you know, we forget the the PBM element, which, um, you know, it's, patients may think of their insurance, but their insurance may contract out, which is pretty common, to a PBM to say, you know, you handle the prescription piece of it. And um, I, I don't think it receives as much attention in terms of, um, you know, playing nice in the sandbox, if you will, with all the other players. 
Yeah, and uh, you know we need to know about these pharmacy benefit management companies, and that's why I wanted you on the show was so that we could expose this. And in 2011, Caremark, uh, the second largest pharmacy benefit management company in the nation, was the subject of a class action lawsuit in Tennessee, and apparently Caremark kept discounts from drug manufacturers instead of sharing them with the members of the benefit plans. Now, the whole purpose of a benefit plan is, uh, or, or any insurance plan is that you have a pool of money that everybody pays into, and from that you manage the health care and you keep the cost lower by making sure that everybody is is behaving properly and getting the medications that they need and not the ones that they don't need and that you're also negotiating with the pharmaceutical companies and being ethical and not secretly negotiating for rebates that you then keep as a for-profit industry. I can understand that, but uh, the argument on the other side is going to be, well, look, uh, this is private enterprise and we have stockholders and we have to make a profit. And the more profit we make, the the better our company is and the more valuable it is and so on and so forth. So uh, we, we do have the right to know. It's our money. We need to know what's going on. We need to know who's negotiating with who. We need price transparency. And when a company like Caremark, which is huge, is called to task in a, in a uh, civil case like this, and they, they are not giving back to the members of the benefit plans. That's you and me, by the way, Matthew. We're the, we're the <laughs> members, <laughs> and they're secretly keeping this money. Well, you know, why are we using this insurance company? Why are we using this benefit management company if they're not acting in our best interest. I mean, they're supposed to be acting first and foremost in our best interest. And sure, if they're not, you know, go you ahead. Know, when it's, you know, when does, I, I can appreciate the argument about profitability and sustainability from a business perspective, but, you know, when, where's the threshold where profitability turns into greed if you're not, um, you know, paying for it in terms of, um, services for the patient uh, to lower their out-of-pocket costs? I mean, the rhetorical question is no, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but uh, um, I, I guess that is a million-dollar question. Well, I think that there are answers to it. I think that without stepping on uh, someone's right to do business and to charge what they can get in the in the marketplace, we can force them to to be uh, transparent, as I've been saying for years now, uh, and and to let the public know what the cost of their health care is, what the cost of their drugs are uh, at the manufacturing wholesale level and at the retail level. And if yep. you feel that somebody's charging four or five hundred percent markup on a drug, uh, then you just say, well, look, I'm going somewhere else. And I guarantee you somebody will come down to 250 percent and then 125 percent. And we've seen this in medicine with the big influx of, of foreign medical graduates and uh, the, uh, uh, the HMOs. The cost of medicine has been driven down proportionately, uh, and it's it's uh, it's been tough for a lot of doctors in private practice, and they've been forced to join HMOs or large hospital groups. But it, it can be done, and competition, as you have said, is the way to do it. And the only way you can have competition this is if you know what everybody's charging. Otherwise, you don't know. I mean, yeah. you, 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 there's no competition if there's no comparison. 
Sure. And I think that that's extremely important. And now the bios, uh, biologics, as I was talking about, uh, the one good thing that the pharmacy benefit managers have been strong components of uh, is uh, a pathway to approve biosimilar versions of expensive specialty drugs like the one I'm using for migraine headaches, uh, Irunamab, Amavig, and there are now two other biologics out there, which is going to push down the, the price unless they're quietly fixing the price behind our backs, which is illegal. And, and I, I, I don't have any problem with the government stepping in there and saying, whoa, you can't do this. We're going to find your butt and, and make them uh, be above board. Uh, let's get the cost of these things down. I mean, these are my sister, my baby sister called me because she could not afford the medication for the migraine headaches. And now, by the way, uh, the the company that makes the Amavig, uh, they're they're really good people. I'm I'm surprised in the the uh, the sales rep that comes to our office, Matthew. She has helped us get a couple of people on one year of free Amavig, and they've also come down considerably in the price. And now the cost to Medicare has come down, so the copay has gone from a thousand dollars a month to two hundred and fifty dollars a month, which is still out of the price range for a lot of people, but it also brings a lot of people in that would not have otherwise benefited from this. And for those who are migraineurs and have migraine headaches, you know that you would cut off your, your arms to get relief. So this is a good thing. And we're, we're happy to hear that the pharmacy benefit managers are making these efforts. So let's keep, keep that up and let's keep pushing and let's get this monopoly uh, on some of these medications. I wanted to ask you a question. I, I had read something about uh, doxycycline, which is an old-time antibiotic that used to mm -hmm. cost pennies, and all of a sudden it jumped way up. I mean, it's ridiculous. What happened? Do you know anything about that? So that, that's a good question. I am familiar with so doxycycline, generic medication, uh, been on the market for a long time, and for a generic antibiotic, uh, and it's been a little while since I've been in the retail realm or the community pharmacy, Walgreens, right, et cetera. But um, for a generic medication, that was surprisingly expensive. Um, so, and I don't know, you know, the element behind that for the, the price increase um, or what it looks like currently. But I think that's another one where, you know, if it is not affordable for patients, you know, that's something that we patients need to be on because, patient has some type of infection that presumably needs to be treated, ask your local pharmacist for um, similar alternatives that would cover the same bugs that doxycycline would be trying to cover um, if it's not affordable. But I, I don't have an answer for that one, and I'm surprised that that one is um, uh, still relatively expensive for a generic antibiotic that's been around for, for a while. Um, well, what, what, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, one other thing, too, back to uh, the medication, the, you know, in terms of cost coming down, I just wanted to say, too, for patients, we talked about resources. Um, when shopping around for the insurance plans, don't uh, necessarily always pick the, the, the cheapest option. What you might do is hunt to see what the coverage looks like for some of your more expensive medications um, on that plan's formulary for the next year. So um, although... You know, from a sticker value or face value, if you will, the, the cheaper plan seems good for you. Look to see um, how some of the uh, brand name medications 
may cause on a given plan or what tiers they may be. But that was just an aside that I wanted to uh, bring up. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. So what we're saying, folks, is that if you're shopping for insurance, whether it's a PPO or an HMO or whatever, that uh, don't just go with the plan that says, well, we're going to cover all your medications and we're cheaper than anybody else. They may cover only the generics and not be willing to sport for the uh, more expensive drugs like the biologics that we've been talking about. So you need to shop around a little bit and you need to say, well, look, if I need Amovig for my migraine headaches or I need Repatha for my my high cholesterol because I can't take the statins, what am I going to have to pay out of pocket? You may end up paying uh, much more for your specialty uh, medications than than the program or the policy cost you, uh, at least in terms that will add to it. So be careful about that, and especially for Medicare patients, there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff back and forth going on with Medicare and with the Part D plans and the, the HMOs, the Medicare Advantage plans. So uh, take a good look at that. And I, I think that we also have to talk about briefly uh, what's driving up the cost of some of these uh, generic drugs like doxycycline and uh, um, no, not not uh, what's the old time drug for gout? Colchicine. Oh, uh, no, Colchicine has gone up too. What happened is a lot of people, because there wasn't a lot of drug manufacturers, because there wasn't a profit margin anymore, because you're only getting a penny or two for doxycycline when you sell it to a retail company, retail pharmacy, is that they quit manufacturing it. So then it was down to one company. And that one company says, well, I got the market, and so I'm raising the price. And another problem that's happening is that the lawsuits against manufacturers, drug manufacturers, is driving the manufacturing process out of the United States. So then you're having to pay for something from outside of the United States and it's much tougher to control the the wholesale cost when it's coming from China or Israel or India. So that's another problem. And uh, the problems are are real. They're legal. They're situational. And there's uh, not a good, easy solution. But uh, we do need to address this. And we need more generic companies to come back into the market in the United States. That's one thing I think the president's doing a great job on is trying to Restimulate our own uh, our own native industries instead of allowing this to drift overseas, and I, I would like to see more of this. Matthew, what do you think? You think we we made any difference this morning? I hope so. I mean, you know, if I had any take-home messages, I think um, patients being their own advocate and champion is phenomenal, and I'm uh, a strong advocate for that myself. Um, you know, ask your healthcare providers, ask your pharmacists about um, uh, affordable options if cost is, is an issue. Um, but also, you know, keep in mind who some of the players are behind the scenes that um, may not be as transparent or um, uh, kind of on the front line, if you will, that we may not consider initially. Yeah, I think. And not, not only in, in, in pharmaceuticals, but also in hospital billing, balance billing. Yeah. So when you go to the 
to the emergency room, make sure you ask, uh, are your, is the emergency room doctor's bill going to be separate from the hospital bill? And if it is, then you've got to ask for a self-pay rate if you don't have the money to pay that guy. If your, tra- if your uh, health insurance is not going to pick that up or if you've got to pay that. Also, make sure you ask for self-pay rates. When you have surgery, make sure you ask the anesthesiologist if his fees are included or if you're going to have to pay that and get a self-pay rate there. Uh, there's a number of things that you can do. So you you have to be an informed consumer. You have to be uh, uh, knowledgeable, and you have to take care of yourself, and it's not easy. And so that's what we are here to do to help you do, uh, Dr. Matthew, Dr. Matthew Stryker and Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Matt, we're at the end of the show, bud, so I thank you for coming on. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I'll see you guys next week. Love everybody. Hang in. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.